ready for an overdose of common sense. This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. One of the realities of America today, we dehumanize people that we don't like. If they're different from us or they disagree with us, we just don't want anything to do with them. And that's not necessarily new. But today, we're going to take a look back at what we've learned in similar situations. And we're going to take a look ahead at what we can do about it. Hi, I'm Mike Ferguson. Thank you for being a part of American Viewpoints. Ahead this hour, you don't have to be a sports fan to appreciate the history of the Negro Baseball Leagues. We're going to hear from the National Negro Leagues Baseball Museum's president. Also, do we have to hate each other when we disagree? Find out why the answer is no. Right now, energy politics, that's the liberals' land, right? Conservatives always lose, but should they? I'm joined now by Heather Reams from Citizens for Responsible Energy Solutions. And, uh, okay, Heather, so the Green New Deal has basically imploded at this point politically. It's not going to become law as it is right now. But is there a bigger picture? I mean, could this discussion kind of push the entire debate farther to the left and farther to the extreme? And could Republicans gain a victory now, but a loss later? That's a great question. You know, the with the AOC, as she's known, I mean, she's certainly pushing the Democratic Party further to the left. Republicans have an opportunity here to show some common sense. And actually, I don't want to say go to the center, but really could be a pragmatic, centrist Republican and you know, still staying on the right. Um, and making a lot of sense. Let me ask you this. Now, you, you've you written that Republicans should not take this kind of at least temporary victory over the Green New Deal. And, and I printed it out and I read it, and, and some of it's just laughable. But you say don't take for granted that most people, even many on the left, rolled their eyes at this and it didn't go anywhere. Why should they not take this moment for granted? Well, I think it's an opportunity for Republicans to lead on an issue that they used to lead on once upon a time. Conservation, of course, conservatism is part of of who we are, taking care of things, leaving them better than where we found them. But Republicans have lost an opportunity, have lost the, the, the narrative. So this is an opportunity really for them to show their true colors, lead on an issue in an authentically Republican way. So many Republicans are concerned that they're going to vote like Democrats. Um, when they're going to address reducing emissions, having cleaner air and cleaner water. They've been boxed in by the left. And instead of you know, talking about a, a Green New Deal, they can actually talk about a Green Real Deal. So there's an opportunity. Now, I think it's interesting you bring up the narrative because I that's, that's true. How did the Republicans lose that narrative? And then I want to get into some of the solutions that you're suggesting. But you're right. It's an area like where Republicans just need not apply. And it's interesting that you say they're afraid to look like they're voting like the left. Have we become that polarized over clean air and water? Sadly, I think it's true. We have become so polarized. Um, and to the point where we just we, we backburned it to a point where we don't even have control over the narrative. You know, I think a lot of it had to do with whether or not climate change or global warming, what it used to be called, changing that. Um, I remember Michael Moore and Al Gore telling me that I needed to change my lifestyle. In the meantime, they're traveling around on jets and not walking the walk, right, Um, that they're talking the talk. So it just seemed really hypocritical. And it got to a point where it was a punchline for Republicans. Problem is, you know, vast majority of Americans want clean air and clean water. I mean, I I know I do. I'm a mom. Um, You know, I want that for my kids. But so do a lot of other Americans. We all want to do something to reduce emissions 
in some way. We've got a younger generation that cares about this issue. We know that you know moms like me care about it. Um, you know, independents care about it. So you know, the idea of you know, if you break down the politics, there makes a lot of sense for Republicans to show some leadership. But I think that the key for them is, is to find ways that they can be authentically Republican and find pathways to get there. So they're not going to look the same as what the left is going to do. Is there a difference between conservation and, and stewardship of, of natural resources and what we now know of as environmentalism? You know, there really shouldn't be. Um, the idea that you want to treat lands or air or water in a certain way um, and protecting them and preserving them really should be a, a principle of all Americans. I mean, if anyone's driven across this country and seen how beautiful it is, um, every state in America has something to offer and its beauty. You want to protect that. But there has to be a balance between, you know, the lifestyle and the needs that we need to have in America versus the preservation. And I would say on the left, you see extremes, like in the Green New Deal. You see extremes in how you're going to protect the environment that are really going to change how Americans live um, versus something of the balance of, okay, we Americans, we still need to generate electricity, we need to live our lives, and we need to do it in a responsible way. Let's get into some of the concepts where the disagreement is, because many of those on the right, the Republicans say, listen, the left talks about environmentalism, but really what they're talking about is control. They're talking about control over business. They're talking about control over industry. They're talking about control over our lifestyles. And it's more about control. It's not about the actual resources. I think that's and you'll see that. Actually, I agree with that. And you'll see that in the Green New Deal. Um, you know, when you're talking about, okay, we want to reduce emissions or you want a carbon-free economy, and then you read the, uh, you know, socialist utopia that is the Green New Deal, and you're reading what, what they want to do, it's not just about clean air and clean water and having a, com- a carbon-free economy. Now we're talking about uni- universal health care, healthy meals for everybody, everybody gets a job, whether they want one or not, guaranteed income. So... You know, it actually diminishes the seriousness if you want to solve climate change as they claim they want to. Why are you, you know, Christmas treeing it with all kinds of different different ideas that are there? So I think they're showing their true colors about what they, who they really are. Um, it is more command and control from a federal level, which we know just doesn't work. Incenting businesses, um, getting individuals to act on their own, allowing the individuals to have their liberty, um, they're going to do a far better job than Washington ever could. Okay, we're visiting with uh, Heather Reams from Citizens for Responsible Energy Solutions. And Heather, let me ask you this. Um, Is it even possible to depoliticize the discussion at this point? And, And here's another question is, can we have environmental solutions that are compatible with a free market? You know, depoliticizing is going to be a challenge, but I think the first step for Republicans would be to offer up a framework or a platform to engage. Typically what we see when we're trying to legislate is both sides of the aisle have a way of getting to the end, right? The means are different than the end, but you know, then you compromise to get there. Republicans haven't been at the table on this conversation of, of reducing emissions and a carbon-free environment, whatever that is, um, and they need to be. So... But their engagement, does that mean that we'll have a deep, you know, less politicized? Possibly. Um, I'd like to think we'd be closer to solution sets. We'll see. We'll see. But right now, highly politicized. Um, I would say it's one of the most politicized um, issues in Washington, D.C. Um, and this is already a town that's uh, challenging to begin with to navigate. 
In terms of the free market, absolutely. There is, I think Republicans need to show leadership in showing that the, the free market is compatible with the clean environment. If you talk to those on the left, they're going to tell you it's impossible. You talk to those on the right, they, they know it can be done. Now they just need to, to articulate the vision. So what should be the proposals. Now, we just got a a couple of minutes left here, Heather, but what are some of the bullet points that Republicans should actually be proposing as far as from a federal perspective? Absolutely. We're talking about infrastructure, so grid modernization, uh, which includes uh, transmission lines and modernized equipment. We have a very old grid. This nation needs to upgrade it. Um, Regulatory reform. There's all kinds, streamlining processes to actually get uh, clean energy on the grid, for instance, smart place to do it. Um, tax incentives and, and incenting, uh, you know, for clean energy research, development, and deployment. That's an area where we can um, we can focus. Equal access to federal lands. Um, if you're you're doing one kind of energy source on, on federal land, um, allow 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 parity for other other en- energy sources. Um, there are a, a list of things that re- Republicans can be doing. The idea, I think, instead of the one-off that they've been doing, and they've been leading on these issues but quietly, is actually to articulate a vision. Heather Reams, uh, Citizens for Responsible Energy Solutions. Uh, people do want to learn more about what you're studying, what you're doing in the media, just where you're coming from on this. What's the best way to be in touch? On the web, citizens4for.com. Pretty easy, citizensfor.com. All right, Heather, thank you so much uh, for the time. Appreciate the perspective, the information, and uh, I suspect we'll be chatting again at some point soon. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Still ahead, an important look back at our American history and a look ahead to how we can maybe reunite America even when we still disagree on important issues. I'm Mike Ferguson. This is American Viewpoints. You know, the windshield just glass broke and, and screeching and I saw, you know, a body come down from off the top of the the van and I just thought, oh my gosh, what have I done? I just thought, what have I done? There's never never a day that I, I wake up that I don't think about it. Learn more at itcanwait.com. A message from AT&T Missouri. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council.